welcome. Prepare your heart as we dive into the Word of God. Pastor Steve of Beloved Church in Lena, Illinois is about to lead you into a life-changing encounter with grace and truth. Jesus Christ has a divine destiny perfectly orchestrated for those who are willing to be adventurous enough to receive His favor and blessing into their life. Our prayer is that you will allow the presence of the comforting Holy Spirit of God to radically display the Father's love for you. You are a part of God's beloved family, and that means you are greatly loved. Now over to Pastor Steve. All right, so this is Q&A with Stephen K. And I know that you guys tolerate Steve's answers, and you're exhilarated Amen. by Kay's answers. Yes. So I'll do my best to get my part done fast so we can get to the good part, which is Kay. There's a card. Thanks, bro. You want to start with the card? <laughs> uh, okay, I have to be very cautious. We're going to talk about the V word. Um, I can't say it because I need to keep our channel. And if I say the word, then they'll just take our channel down. You know, God forbid a pastor of a church should actually sit up here and talk about a V word, otherwise known as the jab, with his congregation. <laughs> it's, it's shocking that we live in a country that is so free, the land of the free and the home of the brave, that we're not even allowed to talk about a V word publicly. You're not allowed to talk about elections. That would be illegal in a free country. The V word is illegal. So what we're going to do is I'm going to call this the um, experimental poke. <laughs> we'll call it the experimental poke. Is everybody on board with? If you don't know what I'm talking about, ask your neighbor. They're probably in the spirit. You might be, you might not be in the spirit. Okay, so, so the, somebody, somebody might be experimentally poked back there right now. Not that kind of, I don't know how to say it. Uh, just, just, uh, no, does that, that, It'll get you gone, too. I need to maintain this channel. And I know we're kind of playing, but for real. The things that we do with our YouTube channel are incredibly, incredibly important. And I'm not saying that this is less important. I'm just saying that I'm going to have to be very um, tenuous because I'm not going to lose this channel. But I am going to tell you the truth. Amen. Amen. Can you please put up Revelation chapter 18? And uh, verse 21. Uh, Revelation 18, 21. And a mighty angel. The word angel in the Greek is agalos, which means messenger. A very strong messenger took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying... 
Thus with violence shall that great city, Babylon, be thrown down. Babylon in Scripture always references a system. Specifically, the demonic system ruled over by Satan and satanic forces. So when you see Babylon, especially in the New Testament, it's referencing a system, not a place. So this great system shall be thrown down with violence and shall be found no more at all. (laughs) All right. I've been doing a good job teaching you all in eschatology. Next verse. And the voice... (laughs) And the voice of harpers and musicians and of pipers and trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in thee. (laughs) All of their their hair bands are going to go away. And there shall be no craftsmen of whatsoever craft they shall be, shall be found any more in thee. And the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee. They don't get no food. And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee. And the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. No more at all in thee. It, re- it replays over and over. No more at all in thee. Now this is God saying that. These are God words. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth. Would you like to know some of their names? <laughs> Uh, true see me later I'll give you names <laughs> take that YouTube <laughs> for by thy sorceries were all nations deceived next verse and in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints And of all that were slain upon the earth. All. In her, all that were slain was found the blood. In that system, all slain folks, their blood was somehow attached. So back back up one verse, please. There's a word in this verse that was only used one time in the entire New Testament, and that is sorceries. There is another deviation of this word in Galatians 5.20, and there's also another deviation of this word in Revelation, I think it's 8.24 or something like that. And this word in the Greek is pharmakia. Pharmakia. Does anybody know what English word we get pharmakia from? Pharmacy, pharmaceutical, and the actual definition of this word is the use of medicine and or drugs to uh, create healing or demonic energy. Obviously, specifically in this verse, it's being used to reference the fact that they are going to use drugs or medicine to conjure up evil power that would produce all the blood of all of mankind to be slain. 
Now, I don't know where you are with hen time stuff, but when something says it's going to literally be the use of drugs and medicine that is going to cause all of the death on the planet, I think you ought to at least pay attention. In the Septuagint, which is the Greek, uh, Kone Greek translation of the Old Testament, the Septuagint would have been think, something that Jesus would have quoted out of. In the Septuagint, there is one time, one usage of the word inoculation or immunization, which would be similar to the V word, the experimental poke. Uh, please put up uh, Hosea chapter 5, verse 19. Hosea 5, 19. Uh, yep, 19th verse. So this is going to start out, <laughs> which I think is something incredibly parallel for our time. Uh, yeah, 19, please. Hold on. Let us go to... Oh, I know. I have a note on this. Um, I'm sorry, Amos. You know those minor prophets. Well, you should. You should know him better than me. Amos 5.19. Now, uh, this uh, is a very interesting... The entire chapter of Amos 5 is very interesting. It could literally have been written last week. It's that amazing. Uh, And Amos 5, I think 8, it talks about wormwood which is referenced in Revelation, talking about what happens to the water supply. And wormwood actually relates to medicinal practices. Wormwood is a type of plant that they would take and extract the oil out, and that oil would be boiled and distilled and would create a very specific alcohol that was called... uh, uh, in fact, I think it's that actual word in the Greek, uh, which is synthos uh, or, syn- I don't know, something like that. Yeah, absence. That's it, absence, um, which is a very specific type of alcohol. But it's also used to get rid of worms in your guts, which is why it's called wormwood. And it was also referenced in this chapter as well. But in, in verse 19, it says, As if a man did flee from a lion and a bear met him, or went into the house and leaned his hand on a wall and a serpent bit him. Now get the picture that's being portrayed here. So there's a lion that's chasing a dude. Now remember what Peter told us about lion, that Satan is as a roaring lion... Lion seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith. So he's like a roaring lion looking for those he may devour. Just take yourself off the menu, beloved. 
So if you take that reference and put it back in here, there's a man that's fleeing from a lion. So this is a person running from what the devil's doing. And in this instance, runs into a bear. (laughs) That sucks. (laughs) Or in other words, the cure is worse than the disease. And then there's some people running from the lion who run into the house and they think they're safe. And so they lean up against the wall in the house in their pretend safety and a slithering serpent viper comes and bites them and injects into them poison. (laughs) Sounds familiar. We'll move on. Next verse. We're going to go to the end of it, Craig. Shall not the day of the Lord be darkness and not light, even very dark and no brightness in it? This is what the world is going to see as the end comes. It's going to be darker and darker for the world. Because the more you submit yourself to the enemy, the more darkness you are surrounded by. It's our job to be the light. Next verse. I, uh, I hate and despise your feast days. I will not smell it in your solemn assemblies. Now this is God saying, if you're going to be playing games with this stuff, I'm done with it. If you remember, Jesus said that the true worshipers will worship God in spirit and in truth. So you know what that means? About, I don't know, whatever percentage, I won't even throw it out there, whatever percentage of people that come to church to just check the box and do the thing, if they're not worshiping in spirit and in truth, it does not go to the Father. So then where does their worship go? And this is God saying, I ain't taking that no more. I'm not going to receive that stuff. Though you offer me burnt offerings and your meat offerings, I will not accept them. Neither will I regard the peace offerings of your fat beasts. No matter how big your check is, you don't impress God a lick. You either give it from the heart or you better keep it. You better keep it. Because if you think you're buying God off with your check, Lord have mercy on your soul. Take thou away from me the noise of thy songs. (laughs) God's being for real. For I will not hear the melody of thy vials. But let judgment run down as waters. And righteousness. What are you supposed to seek first? Seek first his righteousness. And then all these things will be out. And righteousness is a mighty stream. Have you offered unto me sacrifices and offerings in the wilderness 40 years, O house of Israel? He could hear God like shaking his head. Like, give me a break. You think 40 years of fake praise and worship is really going to move me? Whether it's four seconds or 40 years. God knows plastic. Amen. Now, you might fool all of us. Amen. You might be so good at it that all of us are fooled. 
But there's really only one person that needs to be impressed. But you have borne the tabernacle of your Moloch and Chiun, your images, the star of your God, which you made to yourselves. Moloch is the God of child sacrifice that is being worshipped all over the world right now in abortion and in human trafficking, specifically child trafficking. They are specifically and purposefully worshipping the God Moloch. The two things that God mentioned here is Moloch and Chiyun. Chiyun is the word inoculation or immunization. That should mess with you. There is an actual God. You know why God references immunizations or inoculations as a God? Because people put their hope in it. Anything you put your hope or your faith in, to your heart, is a God. So this is my, this is my scriptural answer to the, to the V word. To the experimental hope. In the scripture, those two places should shake. Shake you. Now let me do this in the natural. On my computer right now, as I speak, I have a document that was shared with me by somebody who makes noises. This person, uh, this isn't the only document I have. I've had lots of people say, you okay? You okay? Alright, I have, I have what, why are you guys laughing? How do you know that this person's in the room? I have lots of documents, actually, but this one was very interesting because it's a 150-page document that is filled with, multiple times per page, local news press releases of people that have died within 10 days of getting the V word. A 150-page document with multiple per page. As of right now, well, I don't know about now today, but as of this general time, the, uh, the CDC on their website have approximately 700,000 reports of adverse reactions to the experimental poke. The reason I call it the experimental poke is because it isn't even legal to be called the V word by their own definition. It's not actually a V word. It is literally an experimental mRNA adjustment. For those of you that don't know, mRNA, RNA is ribonucleic acid and this are the these are the building blocks of your life. They have actually come out and publicly said that they are proud that they have literally deciphered the building blocks of human life. And now they, were, they are adding DNA that they have created to the DNA of humans. And they believe this is a good thing. 
And the reality is, is that there's a ton of folks that don't even do research in the natural to find out what's going on with this. 100% of these things contain um, aborted fetal tissue, fetal cells, and stem cells, which means 100% of the folks that have gotten the experimental poke have been involved with the murder of a baby. And I know that a bunch of folks are saying, well, I didn't know that. Well, that'll stand up in a court of law. You do know God knows stuff. And I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. There, there, is, there is forgiveness for anything. I'm just letting you know, telling you, 100% of them have fetal tissue, stem cells, research, that went into that. So if you get it, you just need to know that. That a baby died for it. And was sold. Not died. A baby was killed. And then was sold. So they could come up with the RNA change that is going to be poked into your body. Um, I, could, I could literally do this for hours. Here's the bottom line. Um, A, you don't have to. If someone says that you have to or if they threaten you with your job, they have violated the Nuremberg Laws, which specifically (laughs) are crimes against humanity. And there will be people, mark my words, you heard it from me first, as long as they don't take it down. There will be people put to death. Medical people put to death because of how they handled themselves in the last year. Because they have violated not only ethics, they have violated HIPAA laws, they have violated their Hippocratic Oath, they have violated decent, basic human decency of what they've done to people. There are people that are right now being paid by propagandists to lie to you. To lie to you. And because we as Americans are some of the most gullible people on the planet, we believe everything that they say because they have doctor in front of their name. It is abysmal. The state of humanity. That people would literally, good people, spirit-filled Christian people, would literally go to a doctor and get something injected into their body and haven't even at least done the research. At least. And there is... These folks' DNA is be, are being altered forever. There are things, uh, if you go and do the research, there are things like shedding that is taking place regularly where... Uh, I don't know. Amen. Um, we were just talking about it yesterday. Uh, there are gals, uh, this, this badly, badly, and probably eternally disrupts menstrual cycles in women. Uh, most of the women that have gotten the V word are now sterile. 
Many of the women that have gotten them that were pregnant uh, miscarried their babies. Uh, the men that have gotten it, uh, they are sterile. One of the reasons that they've developed it the way they've developed it, I believe, is to cancel a generation. If you make the women sterile and you make the men sterile. And it's funny because they've literally made movies about it. Yeah. About sterilizing all of humanity and... <laughs> And then not perpetuating. And those of you that may not know, there are there's a uh, there's a place in Georgia called the Georgia Guidestones that just happened to show up. Nobody knows where they came from, but on the Georgia Guidestones, it's the guidestones of what they want humanity to be. And on there, it tells you that the Earth's population should be around 500 million. For those of you that aren't paying attention, currently the Earth population is about 7.4 billion. 7.4 billion, the Georgia Guidestone says that we should have the American population around, or the world population around 500 million. So if you're doing the math, that means they really want to kill about 7 billion B boy, B boy. They want 7 billion people die to die or just not reproduce. And then shockingly, they come out with a V word, an experimental poke that just happens to sterilize most of the folks that get it, accidentally. The reason I'm calling it experimental is because you are not even legally allowed to take this except under emergency use authorization, EUA. Under emergency use authorization, if you die... Or if somehow you are mutilated and there are tens of thousands of pictures of people who've been mutilated by it. You cannot do anything to any of the makers of it because it's emergency use. If you take it, your uh, health insurance is null and void. If you develop any reactions to it, you are not covered by your insurance because it's emergency use. And the worst part is, is how many people are being threatened with their jobs, with their livelihood. They have segregated sections in MLB baseball games for the V and the non-V sections. It's the exact same thing that's happening with the masks. You're either, you either wear a mask or you're an anti-masker. And now all of the population, you, you realize that the reason that we have the race wars, quote unquote, that they are trying to get you all to do, which doesn't make any sense for any Christian, <laughs> because we, we henceforth now know, do we not see any man after the flesh, First, uh, First Corinthians five, fifteen and 16. If you see someone after the flesh, then you're not in the spirit. You're not in the spirit. Good luck figuring it out. How to get to heaven. So the race wars have actually nothing to do with racism. Because America is literally the least racist place on the planet. On the planet. The least racist place. But the reason they want black against white or right now black against Asian. or I mean they just come up with a new one every couple of days is to get people divided. Because divided, it's easy to kill a population. 
That's why they want masks and anti-masks, is to get people divided, then they fight about it. There, there are people that have been killed over masks. Did you know it? Over masks. Just the other day, a news story came out that a neighbor shot his neighbor because he wouldn't put a mask on. Shot him to death because he wouldn't put a mask on. That'll solve the problem, though. He's not breathing. The same thing with the V and the non-V. You just start... The more you can separate a population and get them to hate one another, and for whatever reasons, whether they're real or unreal, the more likely you are able to come in and to solve the problem by just killing off the part of the population that the other part don't like. So then we all agree. I, I, don't, I don't... Obviously, I'm a person who's studied history, but I don't think people realize... That a good Christian nation, a good, healthy Christian nation, Germany, in 1939, was able to be invaded. And within just a few short years, they were convinced to treat Jews as animals. And they were able to exterminate Jews because they were subhuman. They went from a Christian nation... To, exerm, to exterminating an entire race of people. How do you do that? You're living it today. You are literally living it today. This is how they do it. Propaganda over and over, over and over. Lie, lie, lie. If your TV is on, you're being lied to. And the amazing part is, is probably half this room is paying for it to get into your life. In Psalm 119, verse 130, it says that the entrance of God's word bringeth light. So, the entrance of God's word brings light. So then, what does the entrance of the enemy's word bring? What do you think your glowing screen is bringing? Your glowing screen, your glowing screen that you are completely addicted to, that you cannot put down, is on purpose bringing darkness to your heart. And then people will say, well, I mean, it's only mRNA changes in my body. Give me two shots. Over and over and over. All right, I'm going to go back to the spirit. So then, what is a Christian to do? It depends on your faith. And and I'm being for real. If you believe uh, in Exodus 15.26, which is where God says, I am your health. The King James translates it healer. But it literally says Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah is your personal God, and Rapha is health. So either God is your health, or you are going to have to depend on someone or something to give you health. So if your faith is someone or something gives you health, I'm I'm not condemning anybody. I'm just saying you at least admit that. If you believe that that a V word brings you health, then at least be honest about it. And say that Jehovah Rapha is not Jehovah Rapha for you. Amen. 
if you believe that by the stripes of Jesus you are healed, then you are going to live your life that way. And your medicine cabinet will reflect it. I can't tell you how many times in the last, what, 20 years? Or maybe longer. Um, people have been at our house and they're like, oh, I got such a headache. Can I have some Advil? Nope. Bear? Nope. Aspirin? No. Pray for you. No, I just we need a pill. Well, we ain't got one at this house. I mean, you're lucky you get a Band-Aid at our house. <laughs> we're only doing that because we're being generous. We don't believe in it. We don't believe in medicine at our house. The Word of God is medicine. It's life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. And so if we struggle with something, we're taking our medicine. It's the Word of God. You take your medicine. And I'm, again, I'm not condemning anybody. If you're on something... That's between you and the Father. I'm just telling you that you either have faith in the stripes of Jesus or you have faith in something else. Amen. Now, the, your natural life is consistent of three things. Health, which is 100% a, uh, is contingent on what you believe about Exodus 15.26 and Matthew 8.17, Isaiah 53.4 and 5, and 1 Peter 2.24. You either believe that Jehovah Rapha is in you, the Lord your health, and you believe that by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed, not will be, but are healed, past tense. If you believe that, to the degree that you believe that, your health will be affected by that. Your health is 100% a deviation, or determined by that belief, period. Yes. Period. But there's also two other places of your physical life, which is fitness and shape. And one day I'm going to preach on this stuff. Fitness is whether you can go up and down a flight of stairs without hacking up a lung. And some people can't. I on purpose work on fitness because I don't want the Lord to ever come to me and say, Son, please go and do this. And I say, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm too fat and out of breath and I don't know how to carry that. I'm not going to say it. Whatever He asks me to do, I'm going to be ready for Him to do it. So I do work on fitness. Bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things. It says in Second Peter 4.8 or First Peter 4.8, one of those two. Uh, or Timothy. It's in Timothy. It's in Timothy. Read, read both of them. They're great. <laughs> bodily exercise profits little. And it does. There's a little profit to bodily exercise. And some people exercise. Look at there. Some people exercise and they think that they're going to get health from it. No. You get the benefit of exercise. Which is, you can... Kay and I go for a walk all the time. We go walk three, four, five, six, seven miles. Well, I do. She she cuts her off around four. Um, but if the Lord needs me to climb a mountain in Thailand, who went to Thailand with us before? Yep. So you didn't go to Thailand? Oh, I was thinking of Thunder. Lying on TV? <laughs> Judy went. But anyway, we had to climb a mountain in Thailand because the car, the bus only went so far. So we had to climb the rest of the mountain and we ate. Fish oatmeal for breakfast. (laughs) 
so we had to do it with no calories. <laughs> we had to... <laughs> Fitness. And Judy did it, God bless her. Amen. And she wasn't going to go, amen, she wasn't going to go on the trip because she was struggling with physical things before we even left for the trip. And she got over that, and then we ended up going there, and she climbed a mountain and ate, well, either eat, uh, ate or did not eat fish oatmeal. It was terrible. Anyway, fitness has uh, nothing to do with health. And it, the world has convinced you that health and fitness go together. They do not go together. You know how many fit people drop over dead? Yep. Yep. Amen. Come on now. Literally, the, there was a guy that wrote a book uh, about 30 years ago. Jim Fix. Uh, what? Jim Fix. Jim Fix. Fix. Yep, he was massive. Yeah, great big fat guy. Uh, started running, lost a bunch of weight, wrote a book about how to be fit. Right after he wrote the book, dropped over dead, jogging. Super fit, dead. So now that not healthy. So you can be fit and not healthy. You can be healthy and not fit. You can believe completely in the finished work of the cross, the stripes of Jesus, and be healthy. And be able to barely get out of your car because your hips are stuck. God bless you. And God, I mean, you're fine. You can live, be 120, be whatever. It'll be, it might not be enjoyable. You, <laughs> I want the Lord to be able to use me in that area. And so if He wants me to go to Bob's house and cut how many cords of woods we cut that day? I don't know. Five or six cords of wood and carry them and put them on a, on a wagon and drag them all the way to the wood burner and do that all day long and enjoy doing it and, and sweat and flex muscles and <clears throat> have a great time and eat a bologna sandwich. I want to be able to do that. And if the Lord tells me to climb a mountain in Thailand, I want to be able to do that. That's fitness. And then the third part is shape. You could have at least amen. No, I, I no, no, no. No. Shape has nothing to do with the other two. Now, you're going to be more likely to be shapely if you're fit. But I know fit people that are not in shape. And I know shaped people that are not fit. And I know fit people that are not healthy. And I know healthy people that are not fit. And I know shaped people that are not healthy. And I know healthy people that are not shapely. Are you following me? These are three separate areas and people just lump them together think they're all the same. No, you, you actually have to work on them differently. I work some on shape because I want to go to my bedroom at the end of the day. And I want to take off my suit jacket and I want to hear from the other end of the bedroom. And then, and then a growl. And so I'm still working on it because I ain't heard it yet. It's got to be me, not her. Because, so I keep working. So I'm, I'm working on shape. I'm working on fit. But if you're, if you're, let me say it this way. If you're only going to work on one, 
Work on faith. Believe in the finished work of the cross. And in Jehovah Rapha, your healer. And there's a whole ton of deviations here. People can literally start putting their faith in in minerals and vitamins and organic food and special diets and all this kind of stuff. Good luck. Be it unto you according to your faith. That means that if if your faith is in your diet, then the one time you eat something wrong, you are going to give the devil permission to come in and kill you. I didn't eat that one organic meal. Well, that's why I got cancer. If you believe that Jehovah Rapha, who is unchangeable, has been, it lives in you and provides health for you, and you believe that you cannot be touched by sickness and disease because of the stripes of Jesus, then you can have two desserts, and you're not going to give the devil permission to make you sick. What'd you learn in church today? Pastor Steve said we could have two desserts. All right. Literally, I could do this for a long, 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 long time. But I need you to understand that, that um, my opinion, and I got it, a ton of people have opinions. There is a mega church in Chicago that is being paid, paid by the government to do PCR testing, which makes people sick, and also puts holes in a membrane in their brain, makes their brains bleed. But uh, there's a megachurch in Chicago that is doing PCR testing, being paid by the government to do PCR testing at their church. They are also being paid by the government to be the number one vaccination site. Oh, I said it. I didn't say it bad, though. The number one vaccination site in all of the Chicagoland area. The number one. Thousands of people are getting a V at this church. And they have yet to open the church for the people of God. And if I said the pastor's name, everybody in here would know him. Famous on TV. And is a word of faith healing preacher. Yep. The number one uh, V location the next weekend in Dallas-Fort Worth is a church. The Dallas, uh, better not say it, a large church, downtown Dallas, that the pastor is going to keep everybody, tens of thousands of people belong to this church. He's going to keep everybody after church on Sunday, tell them why, and line them up, and give them the experimental poke. And it will be the number one place to get the experimental poke in all of Dallas next weekend. Man of God being paid by the government. And I know all y'all are shaking your heads. But if you don't believe, if you don't believe in the finished work of the cross, what do you got? Go line up. If you've got to do that kind of stuff to keep yourself healthy, I mean, it is a big, mean world out there, sister. And the devil don't play fair. And maybe you'll be one of those ones that get the experimental poke and you're okay. Maybe you're not. I would just encourage you to trust Jesus. Jesus Christ the same, yesterday, today, and forever. He never made anybody sick when he came into their bodies. And he'll never leave you astray. All right. You want to add anything to that? No. Um, 
No, the only the only thought I had in response to that question was, um, you know, they're basically asking, well, it would be better if, if I do the other vaccine that doesn't have the mRNA. Is that what's done? None of them do. Um, man-made vaccine, man-made vaccine. Hey, twice. E-word. I said it twice. <laughs> Too late now. We can edit it out later. It's man-created, man-made. To say that one is better than the other, one is not going to somehow affect your body in a negative way. I, I know you probably don't want to hear that answer, but I, it, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't. If you're, if you're thinking that one man-made thing is going to be better for you than one man-made thing, um, I would encourage you to um, lean on the Word and what the Word says to bring your health and your healing because there's nothing that man has ever made that's going to give that to you. Never. Uh, and one of the things I was talking about shedding, then I got off track, is that um, if you do decide to take it, and I'm, I'm not going to condemn anybody for anything, that, if that's on you. Um, but you do need to understand that this shedding thing is for real, which means that people next to you are getting after effects based upon your decision. And specifically, there are tens of thousands of women that have, uh, that have logged complaints about the fact that they, as an un-V person, being with a V person, that their menstrual cycles have been jacked up. In fact, we were just with someone recently who is a 46-year-old woman who uh, has had her uh, tubes tied, who is, has to get back on the pill because her, her menstrual cycles are so terrible and out of whack and painful and all this kind of stuff that she has to get back on the pill to get it all done. And she has no idea why. And we had to gently break the news to her. And she didn't believe us. I'm like, okay, so you haven't had a problem in 10 years. And then all of a sudden, living with someone who had it and all of this stuff has happened. So I'm all, the reason I'm saying that is because your decision if, on this doesn't just affect you. It affects people around you as well. And so I want you to be um, considerate of that in your decision. I am not going to tell anybody what to do. You want to go get it? Go get it. You better do it in faith. Anything that's not of faith is sin. So if you're going to go get it, you better get it with faith. And I, I pray that, it, that it's all right for you. I, I believe that faith, faith can sanctify anything. I learned, uh, I learned mission work in a mission school. And they told us that if we're on the mission field and they serve you meat with maggots in it, you pray over it and eat it. And I know a bunch of you are like, because we have princesses here. (laughs) I'm okay with that. Be princesses. And and, yeah, you just pick them off. No, but we we learn that because you don't know what you're going to be served in other countries. And you don't know what condition it's going to be. And if the only reason that you believe that you're not going to get sick is because you have perfect, amazing, pasteurized American food, then when you do go somewhere else, you realize that prayer can sanctify anything. Jesus said you'll take any deadly poison and it will not harm you. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that um, 
to, to say, well, hey, I, I guess the experimental poke is a poison. And Jesus said we can take, don't you dare tempt the Lord thy God. But I'm saying if somebody, for those of you that are in here, you believe in the finished work of the cross and, and you live with somebody who maybe took it and you're worried about what I just said about shedding, you don't have to worry about that because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Amen. You don't have to be worried about that stuff. And if you are worried about that stuff, then you don't believe that greater is he that's in you. So I would tell you to work on that. But you don't get to blame anybody else for your circumstances. You don't get to be a victim. And you don't uh, get to be a slave because some place told you that you got to get it. And I know there's a bunch of folks in the medical field that are in our church. We have nurses and EMTP. And I know the pressure is immense on those folks. I get it. I totally get it. And if you're going to say, well, Pastor Steve, give me permission or take it away. so I, You don't get to make this decision based upon my opinion. This is between you and the Father. But I'm telling you, if they're threatening you with your job in order to put stuff into your body, then what's next? Because they would love to have your body in all the ways that they could take it. As for me, this only belongs to two. First, to my Savior, and then secondly, to her. Those are the only two people that got access right here. That's why you work out so hard. That's why I work out so hard. All right. So, is that okay? Is everybody... I I really pray that nobody feels... If you you had it, no problem. God can, can fix anything. Literally anything, including DNA. Believe it or not, God made it. He can fix it. I know, shocking. Um, but I do want you to be informed. And I gave you this from the natural, and I gave it to you from the spiritual. So if you got additional questions or comments about please don't send me all the stuff, and I don't. I have plenty on my plate to study the Word of God and understand what the Spirit is trying to say to the church. I don't need to to shovel through the thousands of gigabytes of information of all I don't need it I'm just saying if you have any more questions as it relates to this the scriptural place in that please come and see me we'll talk about it I am not guilty or shame I want anybody to feel bad in any way about anything that I said this is a choice between you and your father and he's going to take care of you All right, Steve Thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, one thing that has become, that God has brought to my attention more as the church is moving into what I would call days when we really need to be established in Christ Jesus, is the work of the fivefold ministry. And I know, I believe that at the heart of you all is to see the, all these things established. And I'm just wondering where, um, how beloved is being established in that fivefold ministry? Are there people that we look toward, look to for these roles of apostle, prophet, pastor, evangelist, and teacher? And I know we have the grace groups, and there's teaching going on there. And what you all are doing is right in the, in the great scheme of things. Is there more information that I'm not aware of? Uh, yeah. My simple answer. Uh, there are people 
We have all five of those gifts um, in this room today. Uh, we're just not necessarily pronounced about titling them. Almost all of our leadership team are just called pastor. Uh, just because it's the cool, acceptable thing. Not because that's necessarily their gifting, but because our world recognizes someone that's in ministry when they have that title as pastor. Uh, we make ourselves... First of all, I don't think... Man. <laughs> I want to do it concise, but I also want to do it... Uh, I want to give it the proper understanding. So, I don't believe that a person singularly is an apostle. I believe that the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, pastor, and teacher are the gifts that Jesus puts through human beings to the church that he went and purchased. Jesus is the apostle. He's the pastor. He's the teacher. He's the, he's the everything. And so in whatever area I lean on, for example, my favorite thing to do is to teach the word of God. Does that make me a teacher? My, what motivates me every single day is my love for the people of Beloved, which is shepherding. So am I a shepherd? Um, the apostolic are, speaks to starting ministries, developing people in ministry, placing people in leadership, um, having all that going on. Do I do that? The whole day? Um, the prophet is someone who hears from heaven and declares what heaven is saying. Have I ever done that? Every day. Literally every day I prophesy. The evangelize. It, the, the term actually means a good newsist. If you look it up in the Greek, it's a, it's a person who proclaims good news. So do I evangelize? <laughs> More than people want to hear it. So I, did I, so I just said that I'm all five. And I'm not Jesus. I believe that everybody has these gifts on the inside of them. Now there are areas of life that everybody is probably more pronounced. I would say of all those things, the number one thing for me is shepherding. I just love watching people grow and develop and become healthier and greater. It is like if I... If I had to pick one of them, I would do that. But I'm still going to good news them, and I'm still going to prophesy to them, and I'm still going to be putting people in leadership to make it better and all that kind of stuff. And so I don't necessarily believe, like, Bob is, uh, he's very pronounced in the prophetic. Is he a prophet? I don't know. Whatever the Father tells him. I don't even care. All I know is that he's, he's prophetic. And so if I need to have the gift of prophecy and I'm not, for some reason, I'm not stirring those juices, I'll go see him or I'll go see... My mom's incredibly prophetic. But she covers it up with this cutesy little smile and this five-foot frame. It's, it's amazing. Like all those bony-fingered prophets up in heaven that were hellfire and damnation, they all look at mom and they're like, way to go, woman. So we are... I. I am purposefully 
developing all of those things in our leadership team. And I'm always looking for more people that want to embrace whatever that aspect that the Father has called them up into. I'm just not going to get too carried away with getting hung up on the titles of it. I don't know if that... Does that resonate, make sense? Okay. So... If you, if you believe that you're being led in, in one of those skill sets or one of those gifts, we would love to super develop you in that and to make it, but I am not gonna, I don't want anybody to be lopsided. Cause I don't want you to be so good newsist, evangelistic, that you don't have permission to prophesy to someone. I want you to prophesy. First Corinthians 14, I think it's verse 4 or 12 or something like that says that you all may prophesy. Does that make everybody a prophet? No, it makes everybody prophetic. If you have the Holy Spirit, you're prophetic. If you have Jesus Christ, you've got good news. You should be a good newsist. So you should be evangelizing. Do the work of an evangelist. Should you be shepherding people? If you're a parent, you better be. Amen. And beating the sheep don't work. I tried it. (laughs) Beat the sheep long enough, they'll bite you. I got bit a lot. Amen. So you, you, all of these gifts are on the inside of you because Christ is the fullness, which is the head that filleth all in all, for, uh, Colossians 2, uh, 9 and 10. But you should be, probably have something that's more pronounced than some. Some people are just like, man, they just want to teach, 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 everything is about teaching. That's great, teach, teach the word. But you better make sure that you teach it with a way that you have experience backing up what you're teaching. If you're teaching me about healing and you ain't never seen anybody healed, I'm not saying that you're not allowed to teach it. I'm just saying that you're not going to have much depth. And it would be way better to have someone that's got depth there. So uh, people that are, uh, I've, and I've met those people that are very, very engaged with teaching. They think it's all about teaching. And I, I'm a teacher. I love teaching. I, I'll teach all day, every day. But I think that you have, you have to have, in order to really genuinely have effectiveness in teaching, you better have experience in what you're teaching. I've seen teach, people teach the love of God and they're as mean as a snake. And I sometimes wanted to rebuke them. So I'll just say that be careful about who's doing the teaching to you. There's, a, there's an entire denomination, and I'm not going to name it because I don't want to offend anybody, but there's an entire denomination that they think that the whole thing is about teaching. And they ain't, that people are dying and going, <laughs> not going to hell because they're very engaged with getting people not going to hell. But there are people that are sickly. There are people that, I mean, they're divorced. They're sexually messed up. Their finances are jacked up and all that. And they're teaching people all day long, every day. I'm like, what are you teaching people? If they're not being successful in life, what are you teaching folks? Well, we're teaching them for the end. You're going to teach people so that they're effective in heaven? Well, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, because Jesus can't do it when you get up there, so you better do it down here so you know how to operate. Give me a break. If you're a teacher, you should be helping people with right here, right now. Their finances, their soul, their their uh, marriages, their health, their their parenting. Their all you. That's what needs to be done because this is where we are operating right now. So, uh, be everyone in here. You are part of it. And it's not just fivefold. There's actually 
There's 12 gifts that are enumerated in Romans chapter 9, I think it is. Um, and I don't think that that's it. I don't think that's the end of the list. There's only 12. You fit in one of the 12. I just believe that the Holy Spirit can do a diversity of things through anybody that will lean on the multifaceted gift of God. But there was specific highlight of the fivefold ministry, which is in Ephesians chapter 4. So if you're in one of those, come see us. If you're in one of the 12, come see us. If you don't think you're in any of it, come see us. We'll help you. <laughs> Uh, this, I just want to say the disciples are a great example of this. That they didn't just focus on one aspect of the fivefold. You can see throughout Scripture how, depending on where they were, who they were with, what how I say season they were in, that they they walked in those different fivefold areas in different seasons, in different places of their life. So it wasn't like they were just. Um, created for this one aspect. They weren't just, just the evangelist. They weren't just the prophet. That They walked all those out at different times in their lives with different people. Um, and so, I, you know, I don't think God's calling us to do something different. Yeah, and I, I've had the joy, the honor of being a part of the body of Christ for over 40 years now. And I've actually seen this take place where there are people that, when they started out, they were all about this. And they did it well. Amazing, And now, 20 years later, 40 years later, they have completely changed their role as it relates to the body of Christ in doing something else. So does that mean that God was bipolar and didn't know what they made him to be? No. All of that was on the inside of them, and they went through this, and then they developed this, and then they got to this. It should be that way with with all of us in every in our relationship. I would trade what Kay and I have right now, 26 years later, for what we had on the wedding night. I'd trade it in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Because of what we've gone through it and the strength that we have and the develop when you develop your relationship with the Lord, there's there's gonna be time you shouldn't I can't start off as a father. Paul told uh, Paul told Timothy, or actually he told the Corinthian church, he says, you've got many teachers, but you've only got one father. Amen. And we don't have a lot of fathering in the body of Christ. And so we have some bastards. And you don't get to start off as a father. You have to develop that. You have to first be a good son before you're ever going to be a good father. And so let's say God calls me to be a father to someone in, in the family, I better be a good son first. So there's no way I'm going to get to fathering until I've gone through being a son. So there's, a, there's always a development in whatever that is. Whatever you're called to do right now may not be what you're called to do 10 years from now. And just be open to that. Whatever the father wants to do with you, I promise you, it'll be awesome. Just let him do it. All right, Chris. Thank you, guys. Um, my question is Romans 13, 1 and 2. Oh, Lord. In the NIV version, of course. Um, just the question is... In the nearly inspired version, of course, he says. I missed that. I missed it. I'll, I'll tell um, you later. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, 
and those who do not will bring judgment on themselves. And this question comes up to me um, for all that we've gone through over recently. It really just hits home in my heart more of who am I to really listen to? And I know who to really listen to, but the world is putting all these out there is that this is the authority, this is the authority. And I'm just trying to make sure that we get hit home here in Beloved on who the real authority is and how to distinguish the scripture. All right, so this was written by Paul, for those of you that don't know. And Paul, at times in his life and ministry, rebelled against authority. So either he's a hypocrite, or there's more depth to this than what the surface rendering of these verses are. So I'm going to do this as quickly as possible. There are hundreds of hours uh, that I could... uh, I could expound on this particular subject. So God created government. Government was created by God. And I know that people uh, totally don't like that because, especially in America, we think it's cool to be a rebel and do our own thing and be a free spirit. We think somehow that's godly. Like that's antichrist, just so you know. God created government. Not to... Not to hurt or restrain people, which is why our system of government, that the founding fathers in America said that there are certain inalienable rights, and it's government's job to protect those rights. But obviously, 240 years later, they've decided to upend that. So God created government. I'll say this, that communism is better than anarchy. And so if you're Paul and you're living under a Roman system that was a maniacal, tyrannical system, it is better than anarchy. And so Paul submitted to the governmental system that he was in because it's better than the alternative. So God creates governments, but he doesn't necessarily place the people in those governments. It says in, this might be Hosea. This is Hosea 8. Ten, maybe. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but God said, "Hey, you've set up you've set up princes, but not by me. You put in leaders, but I didn't have anything to do with it." I was close. It's somewhere in there, Hosea. Um, that he says that you have set up princes, and I've heard so many people say, "Well, if God ordained." Trump to be president, then he'd be president. God or Jane Biden to be president. Like, this is literally a democratic republic. You vote for who goes in. And then sometimes people... uh, They do wrong things. And then someone who shouldn't be there is there. It happens. That's not God. You can't blame that on God. So I was a uh, I was a manager, um, in did you find it? I don't know if you found it. Uh, I was a manager in uh, in a restaurant business, and there were good managers and bad managers. Is that God? No, God created leadership, and depending on how that individual operates, is how uh, is how much honor give honor to whom honor is due. There were times that K had to give me honor as her husband when I was acting like a jerk 
a demonic antichrist jerk and mistreated her. So in those times, she honored the position and she honored what God created in my heart, whether I was living it in expression and fruit or not. So she didn't, she didn't honor the expression, she didn't honor the fruit, but she honored the position, the place. So if I came home and I said, I'm, the, uh, I'm your head wife, and you better do this sin. She says, no. And I love you, and I honor you. So if my government, this Christian American government, quote unquote, comes in here, which they can, and they kick the door down. They say, Pastor Steve, you will do a, uh, a gay marriage. I will not. Because it is anti-Christ. It is against the word of God. It's an abomination before God's eyes, and I will not do it. Well then, we're going to pull your pastoriate and take your church. Nay. You can't stop the kingdom. I'll have church in a cornfield. Under a tent. I'll still doing it, and some of you crazies will show up. <laughs> I'm not going to fight them. I'm not going to shoot the guy in the face and how oh, dare you come into my. No. I, if that's the, what the government does, and we're not that far in America from them doing things like They're doing it in Canada right now, they're doing it in Europe, and they're, they're literally imprisoning them for doing stuff just like that. And if they do that, then God bless them. God's going to keep me. I'll have the greatest jail ministry that you've ever heard of. <laughs> And I'm not scared. And so I'll honor the position, but I won't honor the mandates of it. And so this is, a, this is important to understand. So if an, if an evil person is in a place of leadership, you honor the place, the position. If a godly person is in a place of leadership, now you even get to honor the person and the place. But either way, you still have to, or, you have, still have to believe in what God ordained. Yeah, and... You, you know, you really need to get into verse 3 and 4 and, and look at what a godly ruler is supposed to be. Yeah. Like you can't just stop at verse 1 and 2 and just say, okay, well that's, I, have to, I just have to submit. There, are, there, is, there is a definition that God has given us for what a godly ruler looks like. And... I don't know how I want to say this. Okay, maybe I shouldn't say it. Okay, never mind. These are tenuous things in the scriptures, and I get that. Because do you honor King David while he's while he's committing adultery and killing Uriah the Hittite? Do you honor Solomon while he's got a thousand wives and concubines? While he's teaching us in Proverbs about how to be a good husband? Think about it. I mean, some of these things are tenuous. <laughs> no, you. it's always honor God first, and then whatever that man or woman is that's in a place of leadership and whatever position they are. And if at any time or place that that person deviates from the perfection of what God intended for them to operate in, then you have to respond appropriately. Yeah. And, and this happens all the time in churches. People just think that they're just supposed to honor the church and do the No, if your pastor, if your leader is not doing right, godly things, and they're really not even positioned by... You know how many 
pastors I know that are in churches that God didn't even make them the pastor of the church. They just took over. (laughs) Or they were voted in or some career choice or they went to seminary and so that's the next best thing to do. Like, oh my God, what a terrible thing to do is to lead people without God's grace. (laughs) It happens all the time. Did you want to say something else? No, I was just saying that um, if we yield to him and do what he asks of us, those ungodly rulers would not be our rulers. That they're, they're, he is very specific in these scriptures that if you do evil, that you should be afraid. Because there are people that are going to rise up against you in a godly way, and you're not going to be a ruler much longer. The wheels of justice sometimes turn slowly, but they turn surely. You might have heard a quote similar to that. So just because it doesn't look like things are just right now. Beloved, I hope you hear me. Just because it doesn't look like justice is happening right now doesn't mean that justice will not happen. And that's what messes people up when they're sitting under bad leaders. They think, well, my boss is a jerk. And so then they go to work every day with a terrible attitude, drawing on demonic energy, cursing the person that's in leadership, praying against them, praying for bad things to happen, which, by the way, is literally satanic. And then they wonder why it just keeps perpetuating, perpetuating, because you're not actually allowing God to work in that situation. If you would go and serve them in love and in grace and do the right thing and bring in as much light into as possible, it would change quickly. But because people don't do that, they suffer through 40 years of having some terrible boss, cursing them every single day, being a zombie, and they wonder what happened. Because you didn't do what God's Word said. Bless those that, that curse you, and pray for those that despitefully use you. And then you empower God to move them out of the way. All right. Let me bless you all. Thank you so much for sharing this time with us as we have encountered Jesus Christ through the ministry of His life-changing Word. If you would like to learn more about Steve Castle Ministries and Beloved Church, you can go online to stevecastle.com or belovedchurchillinois.com. You can also contact us at 815-990-0367. Always remember that you are a part of the Beloved Family of God, and Beloved Church is the place where you are greatly loved. Now please open your heart to receive as Pastor Steve proclaims the blessing of the Father over your life. I pray, I declare that above all things that you allow the finished work of the cross to bring prosperity into your finances and also divine health prospering your body and all of these things are going to affect you in a supernatural way as you allow your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions and your personality to be perfected in prosperity that the Father desires for you to have. We love you and we cannot wait to see and be with you again soon. Goodbye, beloved.